today. All right, let's get into the word here. Let's go here to, we'll start here. We're going to finish up with can't get no satisfaction. We've just been just talking about how when we live outside of the kingdom, you know, we're making an effort to be satisfied and to be fulfilled. But the reality is we can't get satisfaction outside of the kingdom. Like that's just not, it's just not going to happen outside of doing things God's way. And so, you know, as I was meditating on the rest of this teaching, this is, I'm sure there's more stuff, but maybe we'll, we'll do a, a part two somewhere down the road later, later next year because we have some other things that we have to talk about. We have to talk about the vision in the next two services. Uh, but as I was meditating, you know, sometimes as a pastor slash parent, your thought process is, uh, so, so I'm going to actually use my parenting. So when I first, in the early years of parenting, it's instructional, right? But then it's kind of like, man, what's wrong with you? And so, so, so it's almost like you're unintentionally badgering. But a part of that is your fear that if I don't really keep giving this information, something's going to happen or like you really don't, you know, I, you know, respectfully, I probably didn't trust my son's choices or decisions. But then I got to a point where, where my communication wasn't badgering. It was, all right, now I'm going to allow you to feel the choices of your decisions. And as a pastor, the same thing happens, you know. So, so you know, y- y'all can get all the intel. There's, there's times I respond right away to situations. There's times in my son's situation, I responded right away. One time he's in college, he needed some uh, money for rent, this, that, and the other. Right away, we took care of it. He called another time. I said, well, son, you've been riding on our faith for a long time. Now it's time for you to use, to learn to use your own faith. I said, so what we're going to do is we're going to pray about it. I think he needed $400 uh, to pay his rent. He's in college, right? And so we prayed about it. Coach comes up to him that week and says, listen, I gave out all the scholarship money. I got some left, and God told me. This is what the coach said. God told me to give it to you. It was $4,000. So, 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 again, even as, as pastors, there's, there's things we respond to right away. Uh, some of y'all wondering if I don't respond right away. Sometimes we're busy, but sometimes we're allowing you to, to live out your choice. Now, even if you get upset, you really should be upset with you. You made the choice, you know? And so, so, so yes, we're interceding and we're praying, but just because you have an emergency, we're not supposed to respond or react to every emergency. We can get in God's way. There's people we haven't responded to. By the time I got to them, they said God already took care of it because God already knew he wanted to take care of it. Right now, I'm saying that to say because as I was meditating on this teaching, the thoughts go through. Uh, you know, some of you guys like this with your parents, or if you got a teaching, you know, and you've seen people doing stuff. Well, you know, they need to get themselves together, right? That's your thought process. But if you really mar- uh, marinate on something, you you'll you'll the mercy will come out, or the man, come on, man, you you really feel for people. So so I'm gonna be talking about some some things as we've been talking about on not getting thirsty and, you know, we added some humor to it and, 
you know, we talked about uh, what's your butterfinger, <laughs> right? You know, we just, we added some, some, you know, just trying to be funny, you know, not trying to be funny, but just opening our hearts so we can really receive. But, but as, I, as we've been getting to what the vision is going to be next year and what God's trying to do in our lives, you understand God's trying to do something. And me and my wife was talking, and I said, you ever, you ever run from the truth? Raise your hand, like, you know, you ever just run from the truth? Or you knew it was going to be the truth, and you just, you know, like you, just, you hope they don't see you. Now, now think about what, what's happening when we're running from the truth. There's some information that's called the truth that frees us that we're not going to get, right? Right? So now think about it. If you don't get the information, all right, does it change what's about to happen? So let's say the information is if you don't do this, Stephanie, this is going to happen down the road. And you go, man, ain't nobody really trying to hear that. Or you don't want the information. Is what's going to happen still going to happen? Now the challenge is you ain't ready for it. But when it happens, do you say, I should have got the information, or do you get mad? I can't believe God is doing this to me, man. You know, don't God love me? God was like, yeah, I loved you. That's why I gave you the information that you ignored, right? Y'all still with me so far, right? All right. Let's make sure this doesn't come on. So, so God has been, I've been watching, and of course I'm the deliverer, but God's been giving us advanced information. He's trying to prepare us for something. God always has a plan. Do you honestly think your life is just reduced to circumstances? Positive or negative? No. You've sometimes, we've sometimes reduced our life to circumstances. But God's life, we talked about this before, God's life is about fulfilling, is about blessing you, is about you being a blessing. It's, it's in you, all the family deserves to be blessed. That's what God's life is about, right? Now, when we decide to go to the other side, we got to experience what that life is about. Does that make sense? Right? We were talking the, the other morning, there's a teaching coming up about uh, strength, joy, joy, strength. But we were talking the other morning how about joy. Uh, 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 Trina brought it up in the Bible study fellowship just about, you know, the joy that she has with the Lord. And I, and I thought through this, like, in meditating on something that's coming up, the, the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? So that means if we joy in the Lord, we're going to get stronger. Right? If we think we're joining the world, what's going to happen? We're going to get weaker. So when we, when we don't enjoy the things in the Lord, we're putting ourselves in a weak position. So we can feel good on the front end, but it's going to bring sorrow, many sorrows, right? And so God is watching over us. He's watching the good and the evil. That's what the scripture says in Proverbs 15.3, right? God is watching over. But, but, but God is watching over one for the people that's good to see who he can bless and assign to bring other people into good. But he's watching over the evil, not necessarily for wrath, but to see who he needs to get back in harmony. But he's watching, Right? It's, it's a, he's trying to get, um, and, and so Second uh, Peter two. Let's look at this. Let's kind of just be honest with ourselves, right? Let's have a, a mature last Wednesday. This last Wednesday of the year, last a mature last Wednesday of the year. 
you know, when I was out there in the world, I remember uh, when it was getting close to the end of the year, I was targeting going to the church. Now, I wasn't going to church a whole year. But at the end of the year, I was targeting going to church because I was like, well, if I end the year right, I'll begin the year right, right? You know, now, of course, I, I, I ended the year at the service, and then right after that, <laughs> I probably did something I wasn't supposed to do. But, but I, I was kind of mindful of some type of adjustment or correction to close out the year. So let's end the year mature. Maybe we'll begin the year mature, right? Being honest with ourselves. Does that make sense? So Second Peter 2, and we'll lock here at verse 14. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. It says, uh, they have eyes full of harlotry. Look, insatiable for sin. So remember when we talked about we can't get no satisfaction because when we enter the things of the world, it creates thirst. It makes us thirsty or, you know, gets us in a lust, which is insatiable, un- unsatiable, unsatisfied, right? Keep you running after it, but you never get filled, right? Does that make sense? It says, they beguile and bait and lure away unstable souls, right? Their hearts are trained in covetousness, lust and greed. They are children of a curse exposed to cursing, right? It says, so, so, so God is watching who is operating like this. Like who's claiming me, but they're operating like this, like in trickery and baiting unstable people, you know, misery loves company, unstable people to harmonize with doing the wrong things, right? Let's go down here, uh, drop down here to verse uh, 19. Verse 18 says, uh, uh, escape from them who live in error. But verse 19 says, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of whom a man is overcome, of the same he is brought in bondage. For if they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, they are again entangled they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. So it's saying here that there's, there's people that have been promised freedom, but really it's, they, they're going to be bound. They're offering them to, to, to relief, but it's a setup because it's not coming from the joy in the Lord. It's coming from joy in the world, right? So it's a setup. And it says, now the tough part is some people have, you know, when we were young, we fell in the trap. Me and my wife was talking about this. I really believe that some of these things have shelf life. And we was talking how we were talking about us as, at, at 30 and some of the 30-year-olds now. And, and our mindset was like, we tired of that mess. You know, but now you have people 30, 40, 50 still doing things that like, like, are we kidding? Like, like, you shouldn't still be doing this stuff. Like, we, like we, we have professionals still carrying around some of their 
immaturity, their adolescence, the thing they did adolescence, you know, still doing it, still making excuses for vices and things of that nature, right? And again, but not necessarily because people are evil. It's like they don't realize they've been set up. They're constantly chasing something that's telling them they're free, but they're binding them up the whole time. And this says this is big, right? This is big for us to understand if we want to embrace what God has for us next year, right? It says if you escape these pollutions, because it takes a lot to get out through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Jesus, the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and then overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning, right? The latter is worse than the beginning. Now, suppose you, this is advanced information. So, so what would that tell you? Like if you read the scripture, what would that say? Well, I can't get trapped again. I got out, I'm staying out. But I'm not going nowhere near the possibility because it's going to be worse than before. Right? Uh, uh, what's the scripture? Uh, where is it at? I have it here somewhere. But, uh, well, I, I'll give it to you. But remember when uh, uh, the, the person, the strong man had him, got kicked out. Goes away, that demon comes back, searches the house to see if it's empty. When he finds that it's empty, he goes get seven more de demons greater than himself to reoccupy. That's what the scripture is saying. Like, you, you never go back and, and end up the same. It's always going to be worse. Mark 3. Mark 3.27. Thanks, sweetheart. Right? It's always going to be worse. And so, so, so... Some of these, like, you know how you say, okay, uh, I need to shake this, and you shake it, but then you, you, you still dabble with it, and then it seems like it's harder to shake? Yeah, because now you got, you got more demons, strongholds holding you at bay, right? And God doesn't want us to do that. He wants, see, the adversary wants to keep us thirsty, but God wants us fulfilled, but he, he's trying to teach us that that fulfillment comes from a life in him, Right? All right, let's, let's, let's just walk through a few scriptures here. Uh, Matthew 6.25, we read this before, but just, it says, uh, uh, and I believe this King James Version, I'm not sure. It says, therefore, I tell Matthew 6.25, Matthew 6.25. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, right? What you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes, right? So, saying you're, so, so, so what it's saying is food and clothes, because if you read through Mark, Matthew chapter 6, is important. But it's saying let's prioritize things. Your life is more important than food and clothes, right? So, so, so when I first want to get myself together, I want to make sure my life is right. All the other things I can get together later. But, the, but I'm not going to compromise my life for food and clothes, for hustle. You know, things like that. My life is the key, right? This is, this is what's important here, right? Uh, it, says, it says, look at the birds of the air. They do not 
sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them, are you not much more valuable than they? It says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? There is no benefit in worrying. We can't add by worrying, right? We add by yielding to the life that God has for us, right? Uh, Matthew 19.29, Matthew 19.29. Again, we're talking about can't get no satisfaction because the world is not set up to, to fulfill you. It's set up to thrill you, making you think you're going to get fulfilled, pulling you away from what truly is going to fulfill you. And, and listen, show of hands, when you're tempted with something that you've already had an appetite for, you've already been doing, isn't it hard to stop it? Like you just can't stop it. All right, so the challenge is, are you willing to stop? No, 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 not, not can you, because we, we keep living in a, I don't know if I can do this. Okay, you can't, but are you willing to? Now, if you're willing to, now you actually attach yourself to what's going to assist you in stopping it. But if you just spend your whole time with, well, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, you just state me obvious. Apart from him, you could do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't do it in ourselves. So it's, it's difficult. Um, but you have to, I'll, I'll get to this later. I was going to skip into something. Uh, so Matthew 19, 29, give you time to get there. It says, everyone who has left houses, brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred, a hundred times as much and will inherit ter- eternal life. So what he's saying is sometimes it's this, Am I going to lose out by doing God first? Am I going to lose out? He says, whatever you give up, he just listed everything. But whatever you give up, putting the kingdom first, trust me, you're going to gain 100 times more than you think you're going to lose, right? In John chapter 4, it's him just letting us know, all right, like, if you come to me, but whosoever drinks of the water that I give will never thirst. He told us John 4.14. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So what he's saying is, you want to get your thirst quenched. You are going to be thirsty in life. I quench your thirst. Right? I quench your thirst. And, and then he, he, said, he says, uh, it's John 4.14. I'm sorry, John 4.14. <coughs> says, if you come to him, it says, I'll quench your thirst. But let's go to John 6. John 6, and we'll look at uh, verse 35. We'll start at verse 34. Then Jesus said unto, I'm sorry, John 6, 32 through 35 is what, what I'm going to read. John 6, 32 through 35. Okay? It says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread from heaven, but my father giveth you, giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Right? Now, hold on a second. He says, Moses, remember that manna came down, right? He says, Moses gave you bread, but not this kind of bread. He says, so, so basically that 
that that bread was able to sustain you temporarily. But this bread, he attached life to it. See, so, 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 so now it changes our focus here. Am I consuming things that are giving me life or that are stealing my life? So, so, so everything that, that I, everything that I enjoy doesn't give me life. And you can tell, how do you feel later? Empty, thirsty, right? Depressed, guilty, right? And so, so, so he says, hey, hey, look, I came, of course, scripture says I came, you might have life, have more abundantly, but here he says, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Verse 34, then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. <laughs> he said, give us this bread you're talking about, because they're still thinking natural, right? And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life, right? He says, he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So, 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 so again, if I just come to him, I'll never hunger. If I really believe him, I'll never be thirsty, right? I'll never be thirsty. Now, how do I know I believe? See, I stay, I stick and stay on his word. I stick and stay on the things of God, regardless of the temptation. See, the temptation is saying, why are you sticking with that? Take this. Man, you're wasting your time. Like, you're not going to get fulfilled with that. Why don't you just, just take this right now? What is the chances of you getting what you really believe? Man, man, just, man, just, just, man, just take this right here. But you got to believe. Listen, man, you got to outlast the temptation. See, see, some of what we're going through is we settle for. Okay, let's, let's just be real. Like sometimes we settle for relief of pain because we don't want to believe for healing. Right? I mean, that's just, that's real, right? Keeping it real, right? But ultimately, we end up in situations where we, in some cases, we're at the hospital where we got to believe for healing anyway. We could have did that on the front end. All right, we believe for fulfilling, we, sometimes we settle for compromising in relationship instead of believing for fulfilling relationship, right? Think about the, the, the compromises we've, we've done, Right? Think about the hustle because we don't believe God will provide. Think about the debt we've piled up that we ignore because we didn't believe that God will come through for us. We took the bribe, right? You understand what I'm saying? All right. Y'all feel me? It's keeping it real. All right. So, so uh, actually, you gave me Mark, but... Uh, I, had, I, know, I thought I had it in my notes, but Matthew 12, 43 and 45 is another version of the seven demons coming stronger. All right, so, so, so how do we get past all these, the, this, this world of, of Satan constantly, constantly offering us, like we talked about last week, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Like we gotta, we gotta be locked in on the kingdom. We gotta anchor ourselves in the kingdom. One of the things when me and my wife was talking as we was driving, I got a vivid imagination. So when she was talking, she was like, she said, we was different uh, at 30 because we met at 30 and then we married at 31. And so when she was saying I was reflecting and I remember how I shut down, I shut down having sex. So I wasn't going to have sex till I got married. 
that's before I, now I'm in New Jersey. Like I'm, I'm in, and, and I worked in upstate New York. So I had to travel through New York City. I had to go to, from Port Authority to Grand Central Station just to catch the train upstate. So I'm in temptation heaven. <laughs> you know, temptation's everywhere. But when I, I had, for lack of better words, I don't want to say been there, done that, but I'm going to say it anyway. Kind of like, I'm not getting nothing out of this. It keeps leaving, like, I, it keeps adding craziness to my life. All right, so what, we just got to do it the guy way. Now I had to deal with the fellas. Oh, so you, would you, you super Jesus or you holy? Oh, oh, so you just said forget us? I had to deal with that. I had to deal with the family. Oh, you ain't, you ain't gonna have nothing to drink? Man, a little drink ain't gonna hurt nobody. That's the mild version. I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to incriminate the aggressiveness that I got. I had to deal with family. I had to deal with the, the basketball community. All these communities that I had figured out how to conform to, now I'm deciding to transform. Oh, here's one for you. I had to deal with the holidays. Y'all know what I mean by the holidays? Because that's when normally you slip. Because you tell yourself, it's the holidays. It's the holidays, right? You tell yourself, oh, it's the holidays or the vacation, right? So you tell yourself it's okay because okay, now it's compartmentalized. Oh, God, uh, we were talking about, uh, that's how we start talking about the joy of the Lord. We, uh, uh, Ms. Lamar mentioned was fun. And I said, we need to categorize what fun is. Because some people do things that are not godly and they go, hey, I'm just trying to have fun. Got to keep a balance. That ain't fun when, when there's sorrow behind it, when it keeps you away from God. And that's why you got to learn to joy in the Lord. Just say, you think joy in the Lord is boring? Listen, first of all, before I get to all the fun we have, before I get to that, you know what's fun before I do anything? I don't have nothing creeping up on me. That's what's fun. I don't have to pretend I'm in a fulfilling relationship and I'm not. That's what's fun. Living in truth is fun. I, I'm not looking for the wrath of God coming. That's what's fun. Before I, before I, I enjoy, you know, whether it's Bible study fellowship, we laugh, we have fun, we, you know, we pick, we crack. You know, I was uh, laughing with Marcus earlier. <laughs> Only me and Marcus know what he's talking about, right? But, 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 but it was fun. Like, I mean, I was just having fun. Me and this, this lady, we have fun. Whether we playing, run around the house, whatever, we have fun because we goofy. Yeah, we goofy and we okay with being goofy around each other. Yeah, y'all probably don't see how goofy Pastor Pastor is, but I do stupid stuff. Because like, I'm, you know, I like being silly. But that, outside of that, going on vacation and I got to get, I got to be intoxicated to enjoy myself. Am I really enjoying myself? Basically, I don't want to be with you. I'm leaving. Hold on. Give me another one. Give me another one. No, no. Give me another one. You know what? You're so funny. <laughs> you are funny. Yeah, that person ain't funny. You intoxicated. So you can't be with the person sober? You can't have fun sober. Something wrong. All right. Okay. That's, I messed y'all up, didn't I? But at the end of the year, we're having a mature conversation, right? That's the, that's the truth, right? 
That's the truth that you tell yourself when you're by yourself, but you ain't going to say it while you're in the situation because you've already invested time, energy to be at that restaurant. So you got to do something. And all the dead moments, you pick up a drink. That's fine. Okay, all right. See, I'm sorry. It's, I'm not sorry, but I'm just saying, you know. All right, so, so, so some of these different things that happen to us that pull us out of presence, that try to get us thirsty. We know it's lust. Um, uh, Proverbs 31. Now, interesting, Proverbs 31 is a special chapter because we look at, when you hear Proverbs 31, what do you think about? The woman. All right, let's, let's go to Proverbs 31. Do we just be skipping over stuff? So, so if there's a guy, a guy probably, probably would, he would only read Proverbs 31 to find out how his woman's supposed to act, right? Right? Because it's the Proverbs 31 woman, right? Well, let's, let's look at here. Verse 1, the opening of the chapter. It says, the words of King Lemuel, hold on, on. I I think I wanted to read this out of, uh, I wanted to read this out of the Amplified. It says, the words of Lemuel, king of Massa, which his mother taught him. Do you understand Proverbs 31? His mom was teaching him something. He's breaking down what he learned from mama. Right? (laughs) You see that? It says, uh, it says, what, my son, what son of my womb, what shall I advise you? Son of my vows and dedication to God. Now, she said, Listen, I pray for you. <laughs> right? Right? I dedicated you. You know, like, like, so you need, don't blow this. Right? Right? She said, give not your strength to loose women, nor your ways to those who, and that, for those who, and that which ruin and destroy kings. It says, it's not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and what it decrees and pervert the justice due to any of the afflicted. I'll just read the easy read. It says, these are the wise saying of King Lemuel's mother, King Lemuel, that King Lemuel's, Lemuel, whatever. Uh, brought, uh, mother taught him, I pray for a son, I pray for a son, and you are the son I gave birth to. So she said, I prayed for, I prayed for you, and you're the son that, that showed up. Don't waste your strength on women. Like, I didn't pray for you to not fulfill your purpose. It says, women destroy kings, so don't, destroy kings, so don't waste yourself on them. Lemuel, it is not wise for kings to drink wine. It is not wise for rulers to want beer, so it's called strong drink beer. It says that they may drink too much and forget what the law says. Then they might take away the rights of the poor, give beer to people without hope. Give wine to those who are in trouble. Let them drink and forget their troubles. Let them forget they are poor. Now, this is so interesting because we do all this stuff. We, 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 we use this to drink, right? But the interesting thing is the poor isn't our classification in the kingdom. That's not our classification. Like, in, in quotes, the poor. That's not our classification. That's them that are without, right? 
No, we're royal rulers. We're royal priesthood, a holy nation. First Peter 2, 9, right? The Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. Which one is it? Is the Lord our shepherd, we shall not want, or we the poor? You understand what I'm saying? So, that, that, that's not our diet. Right? We have the good news. He came, what? The destroy the works of the devil? The, the give good news to the poor? We got the good news. Right? So, that's not our prescription. Jesus became poor so we might be rich, 2 Corinthians 8, 7. Right? And we already talked about just being like, like the, the, the rich in the kingdom, rich in family and things of that nature. So we have to watch, like position ourselves to be hungry and thirsty, taking on the diet of the world that's just going to create more thirst. You know, we go through stuff, we're supposed to go and drink of God and eat of the word. That's what's going to fulfill us. It's, it's creating a demand for us to get things of God. Oh, here you go, Mr. Spiritual Man. Well, I'm going through stuff, man. What do the word going to help me? Try it. Try it as your diet, right? Right, so, so see, see, this, when we lust after the flesh but not walk in the spirit or feed the spirit, spirit is indeed willing, the flesh is weak. See, lust stimulates our imagination and our sensuality, Right? Lust stimulates our imagination and our sensuality, but it doesn't stimulate our spirituality. See, it doesn't trigger, lust triggers or stimulates, it excites the imagination and sensuality, but it doesn't stimulate our spirituality. It leaves us stuck in, fa- in the fantasy of our imagination. See, it stimulates our imagination and we're stuck there. And you, you, you find people that get caught up in thirsting for the world, they're stuck in time. They're going through the same thing over and over and over. It's just, it's just, it, it just, it looks different. You, you, you ever had different status, but in the same position for years? So, you, so people give you props for status? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I was in situations where people just kept promoting me with no money. <laughs> you know, I was getting promotion. I had more responsibility, but my salary didn't change. You know, you're supposed to get paid for the responsibility, right? Compensated. So I was getting extra. I one time, it was a major change, man. So I got a major responsibility. I said, man, it's cool. Then the next statement was, you still got to do all the other things you're doing. I was like, how is this? I said, well, God, I guess it can get done. But I didn't get a, 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 a sal- an increase in salary with the responsibility. You know, you feel like, you, look, He's, he's responsible for such and such. He's over such and such. And struggling. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, we, we're struggling sometimes, you know, but we get props. Debt hanging out with us. You know, some, you know there's some, some people with major positions with hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt and just pretend it's not there. But their body is telling them it is even though they're not talking about it. Sickness and disease is reminding them of it. Because just because you pretend it's not there doesn't mean it doesn't have an effect on you. And then they make decisions. Travel. People travel all over the world to come home to debt. The debt that piled up even more. Because they told themselves, 
I can't do nothing with this, so I'm going to enjoy myself. Again, worldly. And then I'm going to come back. And then now it's even greater. And then they tell themselves it's insurmountable because, again, they're not taking on the God's diet. God's diet removes that stuff. So I'm going to compromise because I don't believe God can take care of it. I want to listen to Monday's fast week, well, Monday and Tuesday, right? So Monday, you talked about 80,000 that was removed. And I, was, did you teach the next day? You taught Monday too? You taught Tuesday. And that was 50,000, right? Man, y'all better to get on God's plan. <laughs> Find out what they doing. What y'all doing? Send, take them to lunch. Find out what they doing. See, we ain't going to do stuff like that. But that's your richness in the kingdom. People's testimony of how God is moving on their life. But anyway, okay, all right. All right, I promise to be very cordial, and that was not a cordial statement, so I apologize. All right, so uh, this is the thing. The lust brings us into, it doesn't bring us into a living reality of fulfillment, right? We, we, we want to operate in a living reality of fulfillment, right? Knowing fulfillment is possible, knowing that once I take care of whatever uh, tests I need to pass or preparation I need to handle the fulfillment, fulfillment is coming. So I have no problem with whatever comes at me because I know what's coming to me, right? But, but lust keeps us stuck in time. It keeps us stuck in time. Lust takes you further and further in the fantasy away from reality. There's a cousin of lust that does the same thing. It's called selfishness. Yeah, selfishness is a byproduct of lust. It, it takes you deeper and deeper into fantasy away from reality. Like, you know, you ever see people, we, we used to call them coming up in Jersey, legends in their own mind, you know, um, or, or padding their stats, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just making it seem like it's greater than it. Who wants to make it seem like you're doing more than you are or you've achieved more than you have. Know what that produces? Nothing. And even if you get something, it's temporary because you're not ready for it, right? As opposed to just going through the increments of get when you have to go. And that's what I love about uh, Hebrews 11.25 when you looked at Moses who was in a position where he had all the status, he had the inheritance, but instead of getting the... he. he Moses' position he took as pleasures of sin for a season. I would rather go through the process with my brethren, with my family, in the riches of the body than to experience this limelight. Now, do you understand if Moses didn't get that revelation, uh, I don't know where we would be right now because he was used to deliver the people that kept the lineage going that's facilitating us living for Christ. Do you know what the flip side of his decision would have been? Somebody else would have delivered the people. Moses would be in the Red Sea with the rest of them. <laughs> Nobody thought about that, right? So he was, see, see, he was at the top of the top in Egypt, but he wasn't at the top of the top in the kingdom. And he, he, he saw beyond what everybody else saw was shiny in the culture he was in and was like, man, this ain't, this ain't nothing compared to what God has for me. So fine, 
I'm going to forfeit these pleasures now to get what God has for me later. If he didn't, he would have been drowned in that sea too. Him and his inheritance. <laughs> you see, no one, you really don't think about that, right? And, and some of us are going to end up drowning in the sea if we keep following this path of compromise and not really locking into what God's plan. God's plan may not look good on the front end. It, it may not look, it, it may seem like it's taking a while. You might have to believe God for miracles through, through 10 tests. <laughs> you know, you may have to, after you go through the miracles and you relieve from one level of bondage, go into the wilderness to get purged all that junk that you conform to out of your system before you go into the promised land. You might have to go through that, but the promised land's coming. That was their process. Look, Moses believed God. After one miracle, some of us would have been like, ain't that enough? Do you know what it takes the faith to believe for 10 miracles against the ultimate pressure of your life? And all these people expecting, what you gonna do, Moses? What's, what's gonna happen now? And you got to believe God through that? Not just by yourself in the house. No. Let's see what you're going to do now. We're talking millions of people. And you still haven't got to the promised land. You're just trying to get out. You got to believe through things to get out because it took something for you to get in. And then once you get out, now you got to embrace the wilderness to purge you of that junk that's keeping you thirsty. When that's out, because God, God's not trying to take you out of bondage, take you right into the promised land and you bring the bondage with you. No, we got to get that junk out. But how many of us, we just, well, I don't understand. By now, by now things should be happening. By now, you should be locked in and let him purge that junk out. Stick and stay. You can't keep going in and out of the wilderness and thinking that stuff's going to be purged out of you. You still are carrying around the residue of what caused you to be in thirsty and in bondage in the first place and not allowing God to get it all out. It takes something to get it all out. Like I, I'm living it. We're living it because it, took, it, it, it takes something to get it all out. God, God ain't finished with us. Oh, but it's coming. Promised land is coming soon <laughs> to a church near you, <laughs> right? Right? That ain't the vision, just because you thought that was the vision. Yeah, it's about to write it down, <laughs> right? But, but, but it is. Like, like, and be, but we ain't in a rush. We're excited when people are blessed. Things are happening to people. We're not like, what about me? We already know what, what about us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, go on, get that. What else you need? Go get that. We're excited. We're, we don't, no one sees us with sad faces. No, we're okay. And we're, 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 we're buying our time. We're not measuring salaries. <laughs> Because we'll lose. <laughs> but we're not. But we're good. God takes care of us. We're going at our pace. We're not caught up in keeping up. 
oh my God, that's the most wonderful thing in the world. I'm glad we got that revelation. Because keeping thirsty after everybody? Well, they ain't got married. I guess it's my turn this year to get married. Are we serious right now? You know what some of our loneliness and our frustration is? Comparison. All right, so, so this, uh, this is the audible. All right, so, so this parable, the, the husband man had, had property, right? He had property. And he said, he called some guys in. He, he says, okay, I'm going to hire you um, to take care, of, take care of my land, right? Uh, take care of my vineyard or whatever. They was like, cool. He says, okay. If they negotiated, we'll pay you this amount. Now, the amount was like, you going to pay us what? For real? Cool. No problem. They was excited. All right, as time went by, he had a time, he had a timeline to meet. And he was like, man, we got about a few hours left. Man, I don't know if we're going to meet my timeline to get this thing done. So let's go back out and get some other guys. So he saw some other guys. He said, listen, man, I'll hire you guys. Obviously, you guys ain't working nowhere. He says, I'll hire you guys. Well, hold on. I said, so right now, I'm, I, I, I got to figure out what I want to pay you. Oh, no, listen, man, we're just happy to have a job. You know, I know you hired my boys, so whatever you give us, we good. Well, then some more time goes by. It's an hour left. It's like, we need some more guys. Grab these guys. It was only an hour left in the shift. Hey, you guys want to help out? Just, just an hour. I can't tell you what I'm going to pay you, but I'm, I'm going to take care of you. So, hired those guys. Shift's done. All the work's done. He pays everybody. Gives the guys that, that was, worked the whole eight hours what he told him he was going to give them. Gave the other guys the exact same thing he gave them. The guys that got hired the first, they got offended. He said, well, wait a minute. It's my property, right? I can pay whatever I want to pay. But let me ask you something. Did I cheat you? Did I pay you what I told you I was going to pay you? Yeah. So why are you bothered? Why were they bothered? Comparison. Remove the other guys. They would have been happy. What's bothering us? What's making us thirsty? Comparison. You, we, we keep looking around at everybody else. Every, listen, everybody else don't have your life. Everybody else don't go through your tests. Everybody else don't get your blessings. Just run your race. Paul said, I ran my race. I finished my course. What's your race? Hey, you may be an orange tree, not a tulip. You don't grow two seasons later. So all the tulips growing, you offended. Man, I can't believe it. Now tulip came, you know. You know, when am I going to get some flowers? You are orange tree. It take a lot longer for you to produce fruit. Why are you frustrated? When you produce fruit, I guarantee you, tulips don't cost as much as, as orange trees. <laughs> right? Don't produce as much, right? Like, you don't see somebody with a tulip farm around here, do you? Tulip, tulip groves. <laughs> Florida is very famous for their tulip groves. You know, people are buying tulips, like, you know, just running all over the place. Running. No. You understand what I'm saying? Stay in our lane. Like, like, stop getting thirsty trying to and get caught up in the comparison. All right, so promise myself also that we wouldn't be here that long. All right, so, so, so this is the thing. When Moses said, hey, I'm not going to, I'm just going to go with my family. 
even though I'm going to give up all this stuff, but this is temporary compared to what God has for me. So, so he decided not to value the temporary more than the eternal fulfillment. See, a lot of things that we're doing that we're compromising and that initial thrill can only be repeated if you go deeper. See, it's set up. How did I feel? I felt a little good. Well, if you want to feel that again, you can't do it the same way. You got to come deeper. So, so when you first start participating in intoxications or, or pharmaceuticals, right, you feel good. But you can't repeat that. Now you got to do more, right? To get the same effect, you got to do more. And you got to keep doing more and keep doing more, right? You got to keep going deeper. So once you start compromising, it keeps taking you deep. Like, like when you compromise, I'm just going to get that long. Well, for you to get the relief now, you got to go deeper. You got to get another loan. And then they'll tell you, hey, you can consolidate your debt, get this loan. Almost like you're getting relief. It's debt. You're not getting relief. Like you're using debt to pay debt. That's not relief. You still owe. Right? Don't get convicted. Just we, we're mature here, right? Just, just we got to get off that train, right? All right? I, we used to do it. We did all types of stuff. I, I just got tired of the train. So you know what? All, all this, we, all this, we going on, on uh, what the family's meeting, such and such. I wasn't meeting. I had a conversation with my brother. I was at James' house. This is who was at your house two years ago. So we had his house eating, and, and I was talking to my brother. I had a conversation with him. I said, I said, I know what the narrative was. Keep on come home. He does that and the other. And I never had a conversation. I just, I just took the heat. Talk about me, whatever. I said, now, now let me give you some breakdown. You know why I didn't come? I ain't had the money. And we wasn't going nowhere. We didn't have the money. I don't care what everybody was doing. We wasn't going. Because we did not have the money. And we wasn't buying it if we didn't have cash. So there was a lot of situations we looked like boo-boo the fool. Listen, we lived at the clearance rack. If the, if the store owner saw it, probably... Hey, hey, it's Keith. Yeah, he, don't worry. He's just going back to the clearance rack. Like, we, we, whatever it took, we did. But tell you, tell you what, we was paying off stuff. We was paying off. See, see, we really, when you're sick and tired, you are sick and tired. You do something. You don't just keep saying it. And But sometimes we're, we're I'm, I'm tired of this, and then we go on vacation. Man, I'm tired of this. And then Christmas, we buy everybody gifts. Guess what? We dealt with the embarrassment of not buying nobody gifts. We dealt with the embarrassment. We couldn't show up at certain restaurants because we couldn't buy nothing. If everybody got one, there was a bit. Hey, we, we, we can't go. We can't. If somebody invited us, they was paying, we go. They said they was paying, we go after. We ain't going because we don't have the money. There were so many different things we forfeited. And we had those hour and a half conversations, two hours, when going on a, a three-day vacation. We spent half of the day talking to these people because they're trying to sell us something. We can't afford nothing. That's why we're doing this stuff. I, what, I, I'm saying those things because we got we to gotta weather the uncomfortable storm so God can, God can breathe on it. But God's like, if I just give you the money, you're still trained to be thirsty. So I'm going to relieve you. You're just going to get. That's why the people, they say people won the lottery. They go broke. Because 
The lottery didn't change their mentality. You're still thirsty. Right, so, I, so I, I'm not trying to be like lecture nobody. Like, we set these things up to, at the end of the year, what we're going to do at the beginning of the year, and we go right back into the year thirsty again. Because all because we don't want to give God an opportunity to quench us. You got you to gotta, you gotta hang out in the desert till God bring you some manna. Right? To God, uh, uh, spring water out of a rock. You got to have your rock out of water moment, your manna and quail out of the sky moment. You got to have those moments. In our, we got to have those in our, not you, I apologize. We got to have those moments in our lives. That's, if you really expect to really have a, a I can't wait till next year. But sometimes we can't wait next year because it's a year change and we just hope something happens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then you go through the same thing all over year because you still bought thirsty into the next year. But, 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 but we got to allow ourselves to get filled with God this year. You know what I'm saying? Like give him a shot. Weather the storm. Like weather it until you... To, I don't know if he's showing up, man. Like, I don't know if there's anything going to happen. I, God will show up because you, you, it takes faith to do that. But the first sign of being uncomfortable, we don't walk by faith and not by sight. Like, like for a little while, more than a week, like we do the Bible study fellowship for a week and, we, and think we, we spiritual, super spiritual. I called in, you know, you make sure people know. You know, you make a comment, make sure people know. I called in the whole week. And then you give yourself a pass, and now I can be thirsty for another four months. And then we don't even know the person that was speaking so divine on the Bible study. Like, where'd that person go? <laughs> Is somebody doing that? Like, <laughs> if somebody doing that, that was the Holy Spirit. Uh, like, that was just the Holy Spirit. I wasn't picking no particular person, okay? 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 All right. All right, so that's all. That's, that's all. We, we, <laughs> we, we, I, I love y'all. We just love y'all. We just want, my wife said something. Uh, she said, man, you know, I feel for people. That's what she was saying earlier. She says, man, I feel for people in, in some of these situations, like, uh, and, and, and not, not, I feel for him. What's wrong with you? You're desperate. And we passed all that. You know, at our age, ain't nobody really trying to, what's wrong with nobody? You, you, you feel for people because you don't want people to go through this. You don't want people to go through the pain and then, you know, that stuff is transferable to your kids, to other people that are around you. It's transferable. Like, we, man, who, man, you don't want nobody to go through that. Listen, there's, there's people that's done us crazy wrong. And you know what our response was? Man, I don't wish that on nobody. I don't wish on nobody to, to, to be that clouded or that uh, hurt that they want to hurt somebody. I don't wish, like, I'm, I can't even get mad at the person because what did the person have to go through to do something to a person that would do anything for you? Like, I know that woman would do anything for anybody. So what you would have to go through to be offended with her or mad at her, you go and do something. 
You going, listen, I live with her. You going through, if, if you could be mad at Pastor Mel, something wrong with you. Yeah, I'm seriously, like something wrong with you. Because you have a person that just gives their heart for God. Like she loves God. Like she, like I, I, she, was, she, wasn't, she wasn't feeling well. And I knew when she was well. Now I know. She was on the phone counseling. On our choice day, which is Monday. Like you have a choice. You could just relax. If you only got one day, she was phone all day. I can hear her. And I know when she's kind of know the, the counseling tone. I know she's counseling. There's some prayer going. She can be praying, stuff like that. So somebody that's about people. But she has some stuff to give because she ain't thirsty. When you're thirsty, you ain't giving nothing. You don't got time for people or what they want now. Why they call it? Right? You have to have time. You ain't got time for us. You know. <laughs> y'all think, see, y'all got y'all with that one. You know how, oh, Lord, what they want. Like, ugh, ain't nobody trying to hear that right now. Right? So, imagine we was like y'all. You ever thought about that? 